Amen. Thank you. Thank you. I don't know if I said it, but I'll be back tonight at 6 o'clock if I were y'all. It's going to be a great service. Be back tonight at 6 o'clock, again, 445 for our ladies' Bible study. Today I want to ask, if you would, to think through some questions with me. Now, so I want us to really kind of slow down this morning and, and clear our minds and to think through some questions with me. Think about the answers to these questions. Does God care how you spend your money? Does God care how you handle your money? Does God really care about the state of your financial affairs? Does he? Does he involve himself in such things as that, as, as great are the things that he's got to worry about? Surely there's greater things than the, the finances of you or your home. Uh, does God really care about the state of your financial affairs? Hasn't he got greater things to worry about? Isn't God really concerned just about the spiritual things of your life. Isn't that the area he's concerned about? Aren't those the things that he would deal with? Isn't God really just concerned about the spiritual things of your life? So here's some bigger questions. Are our finances a spiritual issue? You ever think about that? Are, are our finances, are they a spiritual issue? Does how we handle our money have spiritual implications. Let me give you some statistics this morning. Today, a CBS News report, a Harris Poll survey as well, report, and there's some other, some other places that would say the same thing. They report that the number one cause of stress today for Americans is financial stress. It is higher than stress caused by family issues it is higher than stress caused by work issues. It is even higher than stress caused by health issues. Listen to that. The greatest cause of stress in the United States of America today is that over financial issues. Another survey, another study says that three out of four people living in America today, three out of four people report being stressed about Money. I don't know if you listen to that. That's most of the people. I don't know what those other quarter of the people are doing. But three out of four people in our country today report that they are stressed about money. Other studies report that the number one cause of divorce in America is also that of financial issues. It is higher than infidelity or even incompatibility. Now what that means is there's a higher chance that your marriage will blow up over money issues than not getting along with, a, with each other or somebody having an affair. Another set of statistics, a different area, another set of statistics say that one of the top causes, the leading causes of suicide in adults is also the issue of financial stress. We could go on, we could go on. There's a whole lot of things we could look at. But the truth is this, listen very carefully. The reality is this, our lives today in our culture, our lives today in our nation are being robbed of their joy. Our lives are being riddled with stress. Our homes are breaking up and people are literally despairing over the issue of money. 
Folks, that is Satan's plan. You see, he seeks your ruin. He is, he is smart. He is crafty. He seeks your ruin. He seeks your destruction. He seeks your divorce. And he doesn't care how he do it, does it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm afraid today, Satan is winning in America today in the area of our finances. I believe Satan has the upper hand today in the issue of our finances. Today we're going to begin a new sermon series entitled Financial Aid, Finding God's Plan for Your Finances. Financial Aid, Finding God's Plan for Your Finances. Now we're going to take four weeks and we're going to look at this area. We're going to see what the Bible says. We're going to see biblically what God's plan is for our finances. Now, I want to tell you, I believe this has great potential. I like a, a set of messages, a sermon series that holds great potential. And I believe these messages hold great potential for us as believers today. Today, our message is entitled, God Has Spoken. God Has Spoken. I'm going to ask as we begin our, our sermon today, as we begin our series today, that you would stand with me in a, in a word of prayer as we begin today. God has spoken. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we come today and we are thankful. We're thankful for a hope that endures. We're thankful for eternal life through Jesus Christ. We're thankful for the forgiveness of sin. We're thankful for the redemption that we have through the, the cross and the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus we praise you for that. We worship you for that. Our, our hearts echo tonight and again this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We're thankful for you. We're also thankful for your word that instructs us, that leads us, that guides us, that teaches us. And so, Lord, as we enter into this, this study, I pray that you would have our ears, that you would have our hearts. I pray that we would be receptive. I pray that we would learn that we would grow. I pray that our, our lives would look different, that our homes would operate differently, that you would, be, that you would be at the center of these things, that you would be glorified in, the, in this one area in our finances, that it would be marked that we're different because we're followers of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that any time and any message that the gospel will be explained, I pray that, Lord, today that in the hearing of the gospel, that today someone might put their faith in Jesus Christ. Somebody, Lord, in this very room, I pray that today might be the day of their salvation. Lord, we, we trust this to you. We turn it over to you. We ask that you move, that you work, and most of all, that you're glorified. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. One of the great ploys of Satan today, one of the great victories of Satan today is what I call the compartmentalization of our faith. The compartmentalization of our faith. And, and what I mean by that, that is the ability to take our faith, to take what we believe and to put it in a, in a box, to put it in a compartment over here and not let it influence or not let it impact the other parts of our life that we're able to, to somehow keep over there. Over here, we believe in Jesus. 
Over here, we have a settled faith in Jesus Christ. He is our hope. He is our, our Savior, the remedy for sin. And we believe that. We embrace the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that is settled over here in this box. But it doesn't impact the other areas of our life over here. Now, we'd never say it, but it looks like this. We trust God for such a mighty thing as our salvation over here, but we don't trust him with our marriage over here. And so we look to everyone else. We look to the experts. We look to the world. That's where we're going to find our information about marriage. And so we, we trust God with our salvation over here, but not with our marriage over here. Or we trust God with eternal life over here, but we don't trust him with our everyday life over here. And you know what? We fall prey to the things of the culture. We get sucked into the demands of the world and we begin to look a lot like the world that we're existing in. And, and yes, I know that Jesus is my Lord and Savior over here, but it doesn't impact my daily life over here. We trust God with heaven over here, but we don't trust him with our homes over here. In the same way with our marriages, we're looking to the world for advice. We're going to, to all the experts for advice. How would we raise a kid and what is our home supposed to look like? And instead of turning to the God of our salvation, we turn to the world and we, we trust him with heaven over here, but no, he can't have our homes over here. And our faith, 2019, has become a compartmentalized faith. Our faith has become this boxed up, compartmentalized faith. And friends, Satan rejoices in that. Satan absolutely loves that. You know, he doesn't want anybody to be safe. He doesn't want you to hear the gospel. He doesn't want you to find Jesus Christ. But I want to tell you, after that, he still seeks your ruin. He still seeks your destruction. And Satan absolutely loves that you're able to put him in a box, the good news of the gospel, and not let it impact the rest of your life over here. Listen to me very carefully today. A faith that doesn't impact all of your life is a short-sighted faith. A faith that doesn't impact all the areas of your life, all the areas of your life, is a very shallow faith. And a faith that can somehow be kept in a box, somehow neatly contained in a box, isn't the fullness of our faith. And I want to tell you, that's a sad thing. That's a, that's a terrible thing that we have, we have decided and we've, we've, we've become bent on the idea that we're going to compartmentalize our belief set. And yes, we're going to hold on to it in issues of salvation, but it's not going to impact the totality of our life. That is not the fullness of our faith. Here's the good news. God has better. God has better. I want you to hear that. God has better in all the areas of your life, in all of the areas. God has better. Listen, that's the good news today. In all of the areas of your life, God has better. Friends, the truth is this. God wants to bless you. Sometimes we miss that. God wants to bless your home. He does. He wants to bless your marriage. He wants it to be tremendous, awesome. 
He wants to bless the raising of your kids. He wants to bless even your work. He wants to, to, bring your, to bless your friendships. And yes, listen to me. God wants to bless your finances as well. Today, the false prosperity gospel and the false prosperity preachers have made it where I'm afraid we're scared to say that now. They've hijacked that and they've messed it up and they've said, you know what, God wants you to be rich and God wants you to have a Mercedes and God wants you to have this and that and he wants your bank account to be full and all the blessings of those of this world, they're secured in the cross of Calvary and they have so distorted the message that we're scared to say the biblical truth is God wants to bless you and he wants to bless you in your finances. In all of the areas of your life, God wants to bless you. That's the biblical truth. Listen, as we begin this series, in your finances, the biblical truth, God wants to bless you. Today as we start our series, we're gonna begin with three huge truths, three foundational truths that we have to get, that we have to, to understand, that we have to put in our foundation in order to be able to build on them. We're gonna have three more messages after this, but we have to really lay the foundation, these three truths, build the foundation in order that we will be able to start and build up from that foundation. So we're gonna look at these three foundational truths as we begin our series today. The first truth is God has spoken. I want you to listen very carefully. God has spoken. He has spoken in his word. Now what that means is the Bible in all areas, listen very carefully to what I'm saying. The Bible in all areas is going to be our source of truth. We have to firmly establish that. We have to understand that the Bible, God's word, in all things is going to be our source of truth. Now stay with me, follow with me. The Bible, God's word, reveals to us who God is. Now I'm gonna tell you some things about our Bible. The Bible reveals to us the truth of who God is. Now, if you wanna know who God is, he tells us, he reveals it to us in his word. And so, you know what, I, I, I can see creation. I see that there must be some majestic, wise creator. But if I wanna truly know God, I go to his word. He reveals himself to us through his word. Listen to me, if you want to know God, you go to his word. He reveals himself to us in his word. Also, God in his word tells us how to be saved. In his word, he tells us what it is to be lost. He tells us he's perfect, he's holy. He tells us we have all sinned, all of us. We've fallen short of his perfect standard. He tells us what it is to be lost. He tells us his plan of salvation, that it's only through the redemptive work of the, the cross of Calvary. He tells us from Genesis to Revelation how that unfolds. He tells us of his plan of salvation he tells us in his word how to be saved. Listen, if you want to know how to be saved, you find out in the word of God. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing 
by the word of Christ. It is in the word of God that we find our gospel, the good news of our salvation. Be sure today, we know that we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ, the Messiah who was crucified, sinless on the cross of Calvary, who is now resurrected, and we know that truth from God's own word. We know how to be saved from God's word. And then, listen to this. In his word, he tells us how to live as saved people. Maybe we're missing that. Maybe we're shutting the book too, too early. God tells us in his word. He tells us what we can expect. He tells us how it's gonna be in the church age. He tells us he's coming again, praise the Lord. He tells us how to live as believers in his word. Listen, it doesn't end with salvation. It doesn't end with getting saved. In God's word, he tells us how to speak. We have trouble with our mouths. He tells us how to speak. He tells us how to be married in his word. He tells us how to be single in his word. He tells us how to raise kids in his word. You know what? I don't have to go survey the culture. God's word tells us how to raise our kids. He tells us how to choose friends. He tells us the people to avoid. He tells us how to work in his word. He tells us how to operate in the church. And he tells us how to handle our finances in his word. Listen to this. Hear this. Satan has deluded us. Satan has tricked us that we can believe the word of God for some things. We can believe the word of God for the, the issue of the forgiveness of our sins. We can believe the word of God when it comes to salvation. We can believe the word of God when it tells us how to go to heaven, but we go to the world for everything else. And when we want to know how to be saved, we go to the Bible. But when we want to know how to, how to raise kids, we go to the world. When we want to know how to build a business, we go to the world. When we want to know how to handle our finances, we go somewhere else. Hear this, hear this, hear this. In these matters, God has spoken. He's spoken in his word. Here's the problem today. We've lost confidence in the word of God. Oh, I don't, know that, I don't know that that still holds true today. I don't know that I can believe that today. I don't know that we haven't come up with a, with a greater logic today. We've lost confidence today in the word of God. Listen, God has spoken and he's spoken in his words. Folks, I want you to think how marvelous that is. I want you to think how tremendous that is. God who created everything, God who knows all things. Listen, he actually knows all things. He knows what's gonna happen. God who loves you, who loves us, he actually loves us. He tells us how to live as his people and part of that, he tells us how to handle our finances. Do you understand how tremendous that is? Do you understand what a blessing that is? God knows all things and he says, you know what, I love you enough. I'm gonna tell you how to even handle your finances. In the 1980s, for you kids, that was the greatest decade. 
in the 1980s, there was a commercial. And I can still hear it in my head. I can still see it. We only had three channels, and so we could watch it on those three channels. The commercial said this. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Remember that, there'll be, a, there'll be a, a, a restaurant, everybody's talking, everybody's talking, and somebody would say, well, E.F. Hutton said, and the whole place would go silent. When E.F. Hutton talks, people listen. Well, let me tell you something. Forget E.F. Hutton. When our creator, who is infinitely wise, who knows all things, who is kind and gracious and loving to us, when he talks, brother, we should Listen, friends, God has spoken. And I'll just tell you, I want to scream this, I want to scream it, I want to print it on a shirt and wear it around. God has spoken, so listen, look here, look here, turn here, turn here. God has spoken on these issues, trust here. God has spoken and he's spoken in his word. The Bible says of itself, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God has spoken to us in his word. Second truth is this. Second truth is this. When you live outside of what God has spoken, you will suffer. God has spoken, first truth, he's spoken in his word. Second truth, when you live outside of what God has spoken, you will suffer. Listen to me. If this is the truth, now just follow along, it only makes sense. If this is the truth, then operating according to any other principle, and I don't care whose it is, it could be the, the institute for whatever, it could be the greatest university ever, it could be your granddaddy. If this is the truth, and you're operating according to any other principle, you are following a lie. When you live outside of what God has said, you will suffer. Now I can tell you, and man can I tell you, but you can pick the area. And I'm telling you, you can pick the area. And if you decide to set aside God's truth in that area and to live your life outside of the counsel of the word of God, you will suffer. Young people in your dating life, older people in, in your business life, listen, in your, in your relationships, if you decide, you know what, I'm gonna do something outside of the counsel of the word of God, you will suffer. Well, I know he says this, but it doesn't apply here. Well, I, I know he says this, but you know what, it's not, it's not relevant now. Thousands of years have come and gone. There's a new way to think now. Well, I know what he says, but you know what? This seems better now. This seems more logical now. I know what he said. Listen, when you set aside the truth of God's word in any area of your life, you will pay. You will suffer. In the next weeks, we're gonna see God's plan. It's gonna be pretty awesome for our finances. We're gonna see his plan for our finances And we will see where Satan and the world has twisted his plan. Be be very, very sure today. The trouble that we are having today, the the problems that we are having today, the, the stress that we are suffering today 
are because we've left the word of God when it comes to our finances. This stress, this anxiety that's breaking up our homes, this, this stress that's driving people to suicide, those things are the result of the truth that we've left the word of God when it comes to our finances. Let me make a bold statement. And I'll just tell you, I believe it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a very bold statement. 99.99% of the troubles that we are having in our finances, now according to the statistics, that's most of the people here, 99.99% of the troubles we are having in our finances, listen to me, would be remedied if we submitted ourselves to the biblical plan of God. and I, I, Well, that's pretty strong. That's, that's a pretty bold statement. Listen, I truly believe that. 99.99% of the problems that we're having and the issues of money would be remedied if we submitted ourselves to the biblical plan of God. Now, I want you to hear me, and I want you to hear my heart. That's not harsh, that's good news. That, listen, that's, that's not harsh. That's, that's great news. God has a plan and his plan still stands. God has a plan for our finances and his plan works. Listen, it's not that you would be rich, but it's that you would have peace in your life. Wouldn't you like to have peace in this area? Listen, this isn't harsh. This is great news. The psalmist says there's great reward for those who keep God's commands. Proverbs 15.10 says the opposite. It says there's grievous punishment is for him who forsakes the way. First truth is this, God has spoken. The second truth is this, when you live outside of what God has spoken in any area, you will suffer. Here's, a, here's another question. Why do we have to test that? <laughs> You think we would, get, we would get smarter after a little time? You would think if we crashed into the wall three or four times, we'd think, you know what, I'm not going back five or six. Why, why do we have to test that? Why, why can't we just say, you know what, here's God's word, and when I live according to it, it is the best thing in my life, and I've seen that, and it's unfolded like that, and if I go a different direction, I'm gonna suffer. Why do we have to test that? God has spoken when you live outside of what God has spoken, you will suffer. Here's the third truth today. We must obey what God has spoken. We must obey what God has spoken. Now, I'm sorry, this is where it gets real for us. You see, it's not enough to hear it. It's not enough to agree with it. Oh, I agree, that's great. That's, that sounds like what God has said. It's not enough to agree with it. Listen to me today, friend. You have to obey it. You have to obey it. Now, I want you to get this, and I want you to hear it. This is a truth that, that'll shape your life. This is a big-time truth. It's worth double the price of your admission today. Listen very carefully. Faith is expressed. Faith is demonstrated. Faith is lived out in obedience. And if there is no obedience, there's an issue with your faith. Now, let me, let me say that again. That's, that's a big thing, and you can put it to all areas of your life. Faith, oh, I want to have a great faith. Oh, that's a person of a big faith. Oh, look at that faith. Listen, quit talking about faith. 
Faith is exposed, faith is demonstrated, faith is lived out in obedience, and if there is no obedience, say what you may, there's an issue with your faith. Now, let me just tell you what that means. What that means is if you truly believe that God is who he says he is, if you truly believe that God is powerful, that he's wise, that he's kind, that he's gracious, if you truly believe that God is who he says he is, if you truly believe that he knows everything, if you believe that he actually loves you, then what he says, what he instructs, what he commands, you would obey that. You would put it into practice. That would only be the logical response. That would be the only right thing to do. I know who God is. I trust what he's said, I put my faith in him and so I obey. That's why compartmentalized faith makes no sense. And let me just tell you this, that's why compartmentalized faith is really a false faith. You see, if I have faith in God, if I really have faith in God, I will obey. Let me, let me bring it down to us. Bible's very clear. A true faith in Jesus Christ changes everything. Now listen, we still sin, I get that. We mess up, I get that, I understand that. But a true faith in Jesus Christ radically changes everything. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a what? New creation. A faith in Jesus Christ, the reality is that changes everything. And your brain begins to fire. You begin to understand, Jesus, if you died to save me, why would I not trust you with my life, all of my life? If you go to that cross and you take your punishment, why would I not trust you with my life? If you take my sin and you take my shame and you bore it to Calvary and you yourself are the remedy for it, why would I not trust you with my faith? finances. We have to obey. James said, and I'll just go King James version on you. Be ye doers of the word. About that tall. Remember that? Be ye doers of the word. Be ye doers of the word and not just hearers who delude yourself. You're lying to yourself. It's not enough to hear it. We have to to obey it. Listen, right now, God has spoken. What a blessing that is. What, what, a, what, a, what an awesome thing that is. Right here in his word, he leads us. God himself, he instructs us. That ought to make us excited. God himself instructs us in his word. Right now, listen, the truth stands. If you live outside of his word, you will suffer. If you endeavor outside of the, the counsel of the word of God, you will suffer. And right now, we must obey. Let me tell you this. The next three weeks will not matter. You may get a bunch of good information, you will. You may have some enlightening things presented to you, you will. But it will not matter. It will not matter if you do not obey. You know what it is? It's a matter of faith. You know who God is? Do you trust what he said? You've trusted him for your salvation. Do you trust him with your finances? It will not matter if you do not 
obey. God has spoken. Do you know your finances are speaking as well? God, God has spoken, but do you know your finances are speaking as well? Your finances today, right now, your finances are saying where your hope is. Your finances are saying where your trust is. Your finances are saying where your investment is going. And I'll just tell you, if you could take your checkbook or your, your statement where you reconcile, if you see where your money went in the last month, or the last week, or the last year, it'll tell you where your investment is. It'll tell you if you're investing in the, the temporary or if you're investing in the eternal. It'll tell you if you're submitted to God's plan or if you're following your own plan. It will tell you of your faith. Your finances are also speaking right now. So what are they saying? Personal reflection. I'm not here to point at you and, and, and you're not here to point at me. So what are your finances saying? Where is your hope? Where are you investing? Now I want to end today with two points of good news. And I want you to hear me very carefully as we close this up. I want you to hear two points of good news. This is awesome news. The first one is this. God has spoken. In his kindness, God has spoken. God has a plan. Listen, the good news is God has a plan and his plan still stands. So here we go. We have his plan. Listen, that is good news. The good news is God has a plan for your finances. Celebrate that. Listen, God has a plan for your finances. The second thing is this. Hear me very carefully. He shows grace, great grace, where we've messed this up. Oh, friend, listen. My favorite part of this whole message, friend, you listen. That's the gospel, isn't it? That's the gospel. He forgives. We mess it up. We get off track. He restores the good news of the gospel is he, he makes new that which is marred in sin. He renews. And I want you to hear the good news as we close today. He shows grace here, especially here, when we've made a mess of our finances, when we've done the wrong things in our finances, when we've acted in ignorance in our finances, when we've acted in rebellion in our finances. God shows us great grace in our finances. So what that means is you can take a deep breath. Wherever you're at today, listen, you can take a deep breath. God still has a plan and he shows grace and forgiveness where we've messed it up. Take a breath. His mercies are new every morning. That's this morning as well. Let me tell you, I, I love that truth. I love that truth because it points back to the gospel of my Savior, Jesus. I love that truth because it points back to the character of my God. You know what? The, the, the God of Islam, the, the, the God of this world would say, you know what? They've messed it up. Put a boot on their neck. They've messed it up. Put a sword across their neck. They're not worth two cents. Put a boot on top of their head. But the God, the Savior we have, Jesus Christ, says there is forgiveness, there is redemption, there is renewal in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I love the message of redemption. In this area, it showcases the grace of God. 
In this area, it showcases the love of our God. It showcases the forgiveness, the restoration, the redemption of our Savior. That is our gospel. Here's where we're going to end today. Listen, all of this comes to this point. Listen, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. If your life is a mess, look to Jesus. If your finances today are not what they ought to be, if they're a mess, look to Jesus. But I want you to hear this. If you're here today in your sin, if you're here today condemned in the guilt of your sin, your answer in the same grace of the same God is this. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus today. He'll forgive you of your sin. Look to Jesus. He'll offer you pardon because he went and paid the penalty on Calvary's cross. Today, if you're a sinner lost in your sin, your hope is this. Our God is gracious. Look to Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Father, we come. And I'm thankful. I'm excited for the truth of your word. I'm thankful there's hope and if we're here and we're facing retirement, we're here and we've accumulated wealth but we don't know how to, to sort it out. We're here and we're struggling to raise a family. We're here and we've made a mess of things. For all of those people, your great grace stands. Your truth stands. And so we ask that you instruct us. We ask that you lead us. We ask if you need to convict us. Lord, for sure we ask that you forgive us but I pray that we leave these weeks and our hearts are changed, our minds are changed, and that in this area there is peace, the peace of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you would speak, that you would mold, that you would shape, and that you would be glorified in all this. Even in this area, Lord, we see you and your grace, and your power, and your, your goodness to us. Lord, I pray for some in this room right now, two things. Lord, if they're here and they're struggling in this area, if there's not peace in this area, Lord, I pray that in the, the truth of God's word that you would lead them. I pray that they would be willing to be led, that they would submit, that they would obey. And I pray that their lives would be different. And the Lord, I pray more importantly than that, if there's some here that do not know you, I pray that today in the hearing of the grace of a, of a powerful, mighty, holy God, today in the grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, Lord, that they might be saved. I pray that you've stirred in their hearts I pray asking, Lord, that you'd remove any barriers, and I pray today will be the day of their salvation. And I pray that all of it, the result of all of it, that you would be greatly glorified, that you would be known. Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we thank you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen.